And in studio with me this morning, Gigi Kagombe, MP Gatundu South. Uh, thanks very much for coming in. Absolutely. Uh, Good great, morning. great Good. to meet you. Great to see you. Yeah, great seeing you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I was uh, talking off air. We've 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 worked in the same place at some yeah. point, not yeah. at the same time. Yeah. We both worked at uh, Nation at some point. Yes. Uh, and your background is in the media space. Yes. yes uh, yeah. I've been. Okay. I worked in uh, Nation between 2010 and 2012, and then uh, I worked at uh, Royal Media between 2012 and 2016. So I've been in the media space, right. and uh, therefore, well, I'm comfortable in this space. You are comfortable in this space, yep. but uh, as someone who was in the sales and marketing departments in both uh, organizations, yep. if I'm not yep. mistaken, uh, why the move to politics? Well, you know, uh, politics is the science and art of division and distribution of resources. Right. That is politics 101, right. political science 101. And uh, therefore, I always were supposed to be in politics because it started way back in, at the university. And um, there is also need to represent our people because why we have uh, a lot of, uh, you know, things going wrong is because the right people run away from politics. And uh, when we leave politics to those people who do not actually represent us, then things are bound to go wrong. So. At some point, someone has to someone has to sacrifice and uh, get into into politics, mm. and I chose that route. Uh, when you say the wrong people and the right people, we're talking about historically. We see people that have been in politics for their own gain, yep, and not for the gain of uh, the citizens or the population of the country. Yep, um, is that changing now? Uh, we know that you are aligned with the current government, so you know, and there are a million questions that can be asked. We're all struggling with the same sort of issues and problems and can't afford things and uh, the shilling and all this but is that is is there a move to change that under president william ruto you know previously and uh, this has been changing by and by you realize that politics had been left to a certain class and certain families and uh, certain people who are probably rich who could afford all these things but you find that politics is now changing and we're we taking i mean if you look at the narrative of the the hustler narrative and uh, and we say this is someone who's just come from way down there so we have the majority being represented by one of their own you know mm -hmm. so so first of all i like the political space that we're getting into that people are now <clears throat> accepting that we can change and actually have one of our own that has gone through uh, the motions with us to represent us but more importantly the question you ask about whether this government intends to change things is is that um, yes the kenya kwanzaa government <coughs> sorry has has all intentions of, of of making sure that we improve the livelihood of that very uh, low person the, the the list of of our of our people in the economic uh, scale you know that's why if you look at the proposed the act the finance act that we that we passed that has been challenged in court you may you you realize that it, it talks it addresses the list of the people it addresses the list of jobs it addresses uh the the the, the fishmonger in the streets it addresses the the fundi who is the carpenter on the streets on on, on gong road it addresses those people who are the at the very low position in in the economic uh, scale you know so that is the kenya kwanza government that we're talking about the hustler government and once that people are sorted are sorted then we're able to to improve the economy and everybody gets to benefit mm. from it it's interesting when you say that because if you look at that that population is the largest part of our population right that yep. below a certain income level yeah every person who's been elected into the presidential seat 
needs that person to vote for them. But yet, as soon as they get into power, what you're saying is they historically they've been ignored once this person comes into power. Yep. But they need those people yes. to get the votes. If if those if that population decided to vote against the person running, there would not even be a chance. It's like 70, 80, 90% of the country. Yep. So what happens between I promise, I promise, I promise, and then actually doing in the past? I, what happens is that, uh, you know, you know, for real, when I worked at uh, Nation, is when I understood the this thing we call Kadogo economy. And you understand that the biggest firms, even in this country, call them the telcos, the have that model they they talk about the kadogo economy they have understood the companies that have understood the kadogo economy they have understood that that airtime of five bob 10 bob 50 bob is what runs the economy absolutely are the most successful companies you realize and and, and allow me to say i don't know if it's wrong but then allow me to say that uh, let me not mention brands but i'll say that the biggest companies do not where the rubber meets the road people don't wear suits People are in Uko uh, Kwamta, Uko in the streets, you know? That's why you go buy the airtime of five bob. That's why you go deal with the Mpesa. That's why you go and even the others that do things like alcohol, you realize that the point of sale is actually a kiosk economy. Mm. Once you've understood that, then you will put your efforts in the kiosk economy because that is what runs the economy. A lot of people have not understood this because they will think that what is going to create economy, uh, to create employment or to create economy is to go to the blue chip companies and just deal with the at the at the higher level. That's why you think people will think that uh, when you when you bring a truck and and bring big uh, businesses are going to affect the basic people and the economy at large. It's the reverse. So, Dr. Ruto, and most of us within the economic forum that uh, advises him have understood that and that is why we want to know we want everybody to participate in the economy because when you have 50 15 million people actively participating in the economy even if they bring very little money to the the gdp expands as opposed to 10 15 companies uh making so much money and employing very little people that's very true yep. and, and and i also understand that as well because again it goes back to i need you for votes but once i'm in you can go back to being poor and hungry. That's yep. really been yep. the narrative. Yep. In the but past. there's also been there's also been the narrative, and I've seen it. This one I have been uh, a victim of it. I've seen it that people want you impoverished so that you rely on them for handouts. There has been people mm. who whose whose mentality is that for these people to be our subjects forever, we must make sure that they impoverished and they keep begging and that we have power over them. So it's a control. Thing. It's a control thing. Okay. So there are people who. Over time, and if you look at the the way the government has been uh, okay, uh, has been planned, you realize that uh, there are people who had no intention of leaving power for the next decade, two decades, three decades, five decades. You realize, I mean, and it is good to say, you realize that the way our economy has been and the way our, our, our political structure has been, we have had families who've been in power for fifty years, right, since independence. I mean, we have some names that have not been <laughs> that have been mentioned since nineteen sixty three right. to twenty twenty three. Right. We're still mentioning them. Right. So for such, then it is by design that they had wanted to be on, in, in power and there's a, there's a way that the, the structure has been because if it's not me, then it's my brother. If it's not my brother, then it's my son. If it's not my son, then it's my wife, you know? Mm. So it has been like that. And that is why, because the way, uh, the, way that the, the, the structure is, was that they could live, they could be in power for 100 years. And, and that is why we have by design been impoverished as a country. Would you say then that perhaps this is the first time we are really seeing what a true democracy looks like? 
this is the first time that we're finding now democracy. And that is why you find a lot of resistance. This is why you find a lot of... And I want to say, let me be honest. I mean, it is unlikely, the way uh, politics is now moving, it is unlikely that uh, you will find me in, in, pol in, in politics as a, as a, as a, as a leader of uh, um, uh, opposition, and my brother is a senator, and my daughter is a member of the Yala Yala. And uh, I don't know who else. You know, you realize that is so much power within the same family. It is unlikely that during our generation now that I am, I will be, we cannot allow that. That right. I am Kagombe here. I am uh, the leader of I don't know what party. Then uh, my brother, is, I have appointed my brother to the Senate. Then my other daughter is in, you know, those things. And if you look at the families that have been, that are fighting us so hard, that the ones who you find one, two, three, four people in the same family. I mean, I mean, let's face it. I, we have we have four members of one family, one nuclear family, in one in Yala, one in uh, National Assembly, one in Senate, and the other one as the official, uh, the other one calling Mandabano. Mm. Then those people cannot want there to be liberal democracy. Mm. They don't want it because they're the beneficiaries. And I don't know why people why people don't see this. Mm. So you know, and that's why I keep saying when you see uh, Mandabano happening here, it is not for the people. All right. It is for Raila right. as a person. Well, we'll come back to that in a moment. We're going to talk about Mandamano. Yeah. Uh, another question I want to ask you before we move into Mandamano is, uh, and the conversation about Mandamano, because we know it has been a, f for those of us who, and I'll say it uh, honestly, for those of us who just want to go to work, it's a big problem. And it's been, been a big problem since the beginning of the year. Um, how important is it that uh, our current president, uh, Dr. William Ruto, uh, came from humble beginnings for him to understand what this country needs because we haven't had a president in the past who's come from humble beginnings let's be honest we know that uh, we don't have to mention names but we know the four presidents uh, previous presidents of this country have all come from some sort of money or land wealth yep um, we know William Ruto uh, current president William Ruto uh, his excellency has come from humble beginnings how important is that to have a president that understands what that hustler is going through let me let me let me give you a narrative here you know we have a very advanced and very progressive constitution. And democratically, this country is. I was in uh, Accra last month. And uh, we went to one of, our, one of our, the people who had accompanied us was, is, a, uh, is, is, is a PWD, is a person living with disability. And when we went to a meeting, she could not access because they had not created uh, access for people living with disability. And then I realized how important it is to have one of your own represent you. When we started having people living with disability representing people in parliament, one of their own, they were able to address very important issues. Mm. Mm. Because a person saying. living with disability understands and sees things differently from a different perspective than myself. Sincerely speaking, to me, it was never a big deal in Nairobi because... Uh, there are people who've created those conveniences for those people. Yeah, well, you wouldn't understand if a building didn't have a ramp. And it, exactly. You wouldn't see it. Exactly. I yeah. wouldn't see it. It wouldn't be the first thing that I would see it. Yeah. That I would see even, even an architect. Because if, if they had seen it, then a lot of houses would have been built like that. But now, that is exactly what it means for someone to have, to have come from humble beginnings. He's able to understand those people. Because once you go home, even if you, you know, you just, you just remember. Once you go to you, because you go and visit your mother, you go and you're always there. You will remember it keeps coming back to you sure. and you remember those people and you know that it is only you who moved out but they are there and you need you have a responsibility right over their lives and now over their economy and therefore you must deal with it and that is why you see 
uh, the, the the narrative around uh, around uh, uh, William Ruto's government is pro the masses. Mm-hmm. That's where he comes from. Mm-hmm. He understands it. It's very hard for someone who grew up uh, with 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 all the conveniences that we know to understand what it means to lack those conveniences. You know, it, it is the, when you have a president who has never had to ask for a meal, was never who, who thinks that milk comes from the fridge because every time he's gone to the fridge he's found milk. Yeah, he's he's never born. gone hungry. Let's put he, it that way. He's never gone hungry. Yeah. It is very hard for you to understand that there are people who actually go hungry. You right. you think when you when people say that they they went without food, you think they were lazy to cook. They just didn't have food. Mm-hmm. But you have someone who understands when you have someone in power who understands that actually there's a possibility of not finding food and feeding your family then mm. things are going to be very different and and it comes from an emotive place as well because he understands that uh you know if there's uh x million people living below the poverty line he understands that what it's like not to be able to give a, your child a meal before they go to bed he exactly. does understand that yeah. we're going to take a quick break uh his uh reign as president his excellency dr william uh ruto has c- hit some uh, some hurdles, some obstacles, some pitfalls uh, based mainly on the disruptions that have happened during the Mandamano pro- uh, protests. We've seen what he wants to do. Unfortunately, there has been some stalling because he can't get his teeth into the presidency yet because he's dealing with an opposition that is very uh, vocal and uh, and out on out on the streets. We're going to come back and talk about that because I know you have some thoughts on Mandamano. Yep. I have a question that's going to come to you a bit later on in the uh, conversation um, and I want you to really think about it. If you were to meet Rilo Odinga today and he's probably listening to you right now, what would you tell him? Just think about that when we come All back right. we're going to get right. into that All if right. you have any questions uh, for our guests this morning get them in now 984 in the morning hashtag drive in 0701-984-984 in studio with me this morning uh, Gigi Kagombe MP Gatundu South uh, an absolute pleasure talking all things politics uh, this morning but not just politics uh, we are going to talk a little bit more about normal things in a few minutes <clears throat> now uh, Gigi, you've been very vocal. Uh, first of all, um, if I'm not mistaken, you were uh, once uh, asked to remove your turban in Parliament, uh, <laughs> I, and I'm gonna. The reason I'm saying because I found this such a cool thing, right? Yes, like I think yes. everyone's expression of, of self uh, yeah. is important, right? And that's why we allow people to go to the streets yes. because we're allowed to express ourselves. Yes. You yourself have shown that by being asked to leave Parliament because you yes. wouldn't take your turban off. We're not going to ask why. That's fine. I just wanted yeah. to bring that up because I remember that story very yeah. well. But I'll talk about it also. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can. So yeah, what happened? You, you know. You know, I have a problem with the, how we do things. We have a very stuck-up uh, law that makes us... I mean, I, what I keep asking, my question was, and, and the point I wanted to demonstrate is, what's in a tie? Why is it that I look smarter when I'm in a tie? Where, do I look? Uh, do I become more intelligent because I wear a tie as opposed to the other guy in a, in, a, in a T-shirt? And I wanted to tell you, normally, if you walk to that parliament on a normal day... Uh, a suit, a good suit will, will come between maybe 50,000 to 60,000, you know. The whole dress-up in Parliament costs about 100 million every day. All these things are not manufactured here because nobody goes to Parliament in a suit that is made in this country. So all this is money that we have taken that has been repatriated to other countries. All this is a market that we're creating for other people in other countries. So we ask ourselves, why do we hate ourselves so much? Why is it that anything that is so Kenyan, because a turban is so Mukorino, is so... Kikuyu is so Kenyan. Why would you stop someone from wearing it and donning it in Parliament? I mean, that I need to do a letter to be allowed to do a, a turban. But if, if I decide to do a tie or a bow tie or whatever it is that looks very European, then it's fine. Mm. So I have a problem with that. I understand. And and if you look at the apparel, the <coughs> amount of money <coughs> apparel, 
<laughs> we have been importing clothes worth 120 billion every year. Right, which should be going into this economy. We should be going into this economy. That's why nobody will go to Kikomi. Nobody will go to Rivertex and buy anything because the fashion that has been created, because, you know, Parliament, we might talk about it. Uh, some leaders leaders in uh, in Parliament <coughs> paste this, that, uh, you know, tradition. Look at it. The president started wearing some uh, counter suit and you find now everybody else here and there mm. is donning it. Mm. So we are pesetas. We, we create fashion and all those things. When the fashion is so Western, then that's why we take all our money to other economies so that was a point i was trying to demonstrate right. and i'm not done with it i'm going to come and challenge the way people dress in public do it you know we are following the house of commons house of commons now dropped the idea of uh, of uh, of wearing ties it's not a longer requirement to be in a tie in a suit and a tie after that gentleman who suffers from uh, i think um, some condition came and said he had a problem doing his tie so the house of commons sat and decided i mean many democracies now are moving away from that mm. especially in the in the european world so we have this thing that we took away culture and customs of other people and when they drop them we are left hanging on to them and if you look at something like ghana uh their parliament is so colorful it's so colorful people I are in, in ghana, and yes. they're wearing their own fabrics and their, and their own, own clothes yeah actually actually <coughs> the, the the some uh, government that have been doing their time uh, the other week i came i got from ghana some very nice african attire and that's why they were in parliament yeah so that money is 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 circulating that country so that is my point. I would want us to wear something that is so Kenyan, a kitenge, something that is done here, and then you go to parliament. You have our support with that, for sure. Exactly. Let's talk about Mandamano now. Let's move to, to serious uh, issues here. And, yep. um, you know, you've been very vocal in calling for an end for to Mandamano, many of your colleagues as well, yes. but you've really stood out. Yep. Why, why are you, you're almost like the face of the anti-Mandamano movement at this point. Yes. Why is it so important for you for this to end? You know, you know uh, Farid, I have been uh, a trader in this town. I am still a trader in Luthuli and uh, and uh, and um, you know downtown. Every day, when this mandamano, we close and lose business. And then I ask myself, what are we about to achieve? What 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 does the opposition want to achieve? If it's the cost of living, we're even exacerbating a bad situation. We're making it worse mm -hmm. because now when uh, I know and I told you I've I've also worked here, so I know what it means when this economy is running and I know what it means when it doesn't run when there's no people coming into town I know what it means for the economy of this country so first of all we must ask ourselves if we have been uh, demonstrating because of the Finance Act it's been suspended so why are we still on the road because you see okay fine say we do want the Finance Act and you cannot go to the streets yet you had first of, when I see members of the opposition who are in Parliament when we're passing the estimates, they never asked a question to ask, why are we uh, passing all these estimates? Why do we want to make a road here? Why do we want to make a hospital here? They didn't ask. They just passed the estimates and they were in parliament. When we came to do the financing of that <coughs> uh, estimates, then they walked away. So what do you want? So you have a platform to speak in parliament. You don't want to speak in parliament. You want to go to the streets. So we are at the verge of losing very serious political and democratic gains that we have made in this country. Mm. Are, we, are we on the verge? Are we on, we the, on verge? the verge? If we don't fight, if we don't fight with these people, it's going to be... Because I ask myself, so we are creating a, a, a pattern that we have campaigns, then elections, then the courts, then mandamano, and then a handshake. So why then do we have to go through all this nonsense? 
Why don't we just from campaigns to a handshake so that we stop, uh, we do away with elections, we say they are a waste of time, so that some uh, was there, sit somewhere and they decide, okay, from this time to this time, then you're going to be president and you're going to be the MP for Gatondo South and you're going to be this. Then we, we agree that now, because that's what it looks like hmm. since 20, 2007. That has been the trend. There are five events that follow each other in a sequence. Why don't we just break the sequence then and just go straight to a handshake? Straight to a handshake. Wait, wait. And, and then what will that mean to our economy, to our democracy? Then we are losing so, out on what has been so progressive uh, 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 an economy and a democracy. Right. And, and would you say then that you, you're saying that, that when these estimates were, were, were tabled in Parliament, they were passed? Yes. When it came to the finance bill being passed, there was this opposition. Now it's in court. So you're saying the reason that they're on the streets is not because of the finance bill. It's not because of the high cost of living. It's not because of a weakened shilling. It's not because of A, B, C, and D. You're saying it's because of something else? It's purely one thing. And I'll tell you this, and I'm not afraid of saying it. It's purely because we have two families that are afraid of losing power, that do not, that, that are looking at something and seeing that new people could come and, and the political dispensation could change and the way we look at things could change, that if... Uh, William Ruto manages to fix this economy that they've been unable to fix, then people are going to look at politics differently. I've just told you that Raila Odinga has three, four members of parliament, in, uh, four members of, of, of his family in this government. One in parliament, one in senate, one in Yala, and himself. You know, same thing with uh, with Kalonzo, same thing with, uh, with Uhuru. That's what they would want. So, they don't want a situation where people can think that there is only, th that there are other people who can come and take power. And that is the only thing that they are fighting against. You ask yourself, Uhuru Kenyatta served his term 10 years and he was not removed by... He, the constitution that he served just allowed him to serve for 10 years. Why is he in politics now? Why is he still fighting? <coughs> Why is he fighting for control of, of Jubilee Party? Why is he all over? Why is he now back in the news? You know, we saw point. President Kibaki and Kibaki only came to the news when he was sick. I mean... Why, why are we finding Uru all over the space? Mm. Because the thought that their family is not going to be power is, 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 is sickening to him, you know? And, and you know, we have people who are used to their praises sung so that when they don't, they consider themselves uh, deaf because they don't hear themselves being spoken about. We have people who are, who are so keen, who, who just want to hear their praises all over. And when you're not praising them, then they, they, they are sick. Right. So this is what we must <coughs> fight against. This Mandamano thing is not about, you know, and it is very funny. Raila Odinga calls for Mandamano. Kids are being, uh, uh, kids are coming out here to destroy property, to steal, to maim, to van vandalize everything. He's in Malindi. Enjoying uh, the beaches, cool beaches of, of Malindi. You know, <laughs> you, you, you know, you know, his daughter is in Yala, in Tanzania. Other people's daughters are in the streets being killed by guns that are kept by a son of a former president with 28 guns in his house. Let me and ask every you, time he comes and hires them out. Let me ask you a question about that. We have had these, and, and, and I, such valid points you're making, really, truly, and it's so great to have this conversation, but we have to, this senseless killing of pol civilians by police. And when I say, okay, senseless may be the wrong term, but let's just look back at the last uh, two protests we've had. People have died. Yep. There's a big issue with that, right? Yeah. Excessive force uh, is being blamed, which will automatically point to government. Governments. Um, 
how do we stop this from happening? Is the only way to stop this from happening by just not going to the streets? Because the right to protest is still there. We're a democracy. Right. Let, let's put it this way, this way for it, yeah? So, on Wednesday, Raila Odinga calls for Mandabano. You saw what happened last Wednesday. At 8 in the p.m., 8 in the morning, Luthuli Avenue was full of goons, terrorizing people, stealing. You saw that. Mm -hmm. So, let's, let's put it this way. Okay, now the police... Uh, are being accused of excessive force, so uh, let them stay in the stations. So you won't come to work. Mm. I won't go to work. Mm. Nobody will go to work. Everybody who lives any of their properties in this town is going to be vandalized. Is that what you want us to do? Are you telling the police to stay in the stations? Because it's just a possibility. Maybe if that's what Kenyans want, then we could do it. But is it possible? We, this government is not just a government of the people who are in the streets. It's also a government of people like me who has a shop in Luthuli, and I need protection. That's what I'm saying. Mm. This government, I have a right to be protected by the government of Kenya. And if it means that someone has come and, and is vandalizing my property, is stealing my property, I mean, why is the right of the people in supermarkets whose supermarkets have been raided? Why are the rights of the people who are driving on Mbagadwe and their cars are stoned? Are those not Kenyans? Mm. Don't they deserve protection from this government? What are we saying? So you know, it's, but and it you is, know, and a, you know, I want to say this. I want to say this. You know, we are mature people, and we know the uh, the theory and uh, the, the 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 concept of cause and effect. If you go to the streets, and we have seen what you do in the streets, the police will come to protect those people who need protection from the government. So when they come, if you throw stones, pell stones, and them, you've seen them, even with slings. So what do you do? So you're saying that we use equal force. So we keep we put the police in the streets and instead of guns, we tell them to we go to Ndarugo and come with stones so that they pell stones at the at the demonstrators. It's okay, we can use equal force then. Then we say, okay, the police, we will go to the to the to the quarries and get get yeah. your stones. But but you can see it's becoming this eye for an eye thing, which is which could be a big problem. So the only thing I am saying is, why don't we call Raila Odinga? Why is it why is it that everybody is afraid of calling out Raila Odinga? Why can't we tell let me tell you? Today, we only here in Nairobi, I only come here because Raila has no call for Manamano today. If he had called them for Monday, I would not have come to this studio. I can assure you that. Hmm. I wouldn't have come. Hmm. So, Raila Odinga is one person who has so much power in his hands that he decided to ruin this economy. And he decides if he's not going to work, it will not work. Why is it that we can't talk to him? It's interesting you say that because his power is literally creating the country to come to an absolute standstill. Yep. We're going to come back and talk about that in just a few minutes as well. If you have any questions for my guests, get them in right now. Greetings, Honorable MP. I commend uh, the steps the president has taken to ensure Kenya stops borrowing unnecessary loans in the future. I know increasing taxes is one way, but for how long will we endure this pain of paying more for the commodities? Capital FM. Uh, as we continue our discussion this morning, and uh, I want to uh, open up to the listeners before we continue to talk about what needs to happen next, in your opinion, for, for this government to start working uh, at 100% capacity and for the country to move forward. A couple of questions here. First one, your guest at Capital FM is saying the Finance Act is for the hustlers, the fundi on Gong Road and all. Please let him explain exactly what is in that act that is really helping the hustlers directly. Uh, you know, first of all, is that uh, we have to... We can't bite more than you can chew. So we have to reverse a lot of things and the way things... You know, by the way, the only way to improve the economy is through the Finance Act, is through the uh, uh, fiscal policy. So when we stop or when we discourage importation of furniture and we put a 35% increment on furniture, then it means that work of furniture is going to go to the local people. 
that's a guy, that's a fundi on, on Gong Road. And I'll tell you this, Farid. Over time, if you look at this place where we are, just a table like this, normal furniture is all like is all important. Absolutely. But some 20, 15, 20 years ago, everything was local. You go to your house, you find that even the bed you sleep in, the furniture, everything is important. But some 10, 15 years ago, it was okay to have furniture that was uh, locally manufactured. We want to go back there. So it has to be bit by bit. And that's what we're doing. That's why we were putting the Finance Act to make sure that we are protecting the local manufacturers from imported stuff that is cheaper and more accessible to the, to the consumer than what we have over here. Number two, we have put a tax on uh, on 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 uh, on fish imported fish the same thing i was saying for the for the fishmonger so that we have fish from lake trucana and lake victoria and everybody else who's doing fish here that's how we protect them you, you know that's the way that's the only way you protect people and when i when i grew up we used to have chicken feed everywhere because people would keep chicken and then they would have eggs and everything it stopped because the chicken feed is so expensive so we have zero rated importation of uh, materials to do chicken feed there's so many things about that person down there because we we consume about 4.2 billion eggs every year 2.6 billion eggs are imported okay that's insane so, so, yeah. so, so there are many, many, many other things that, that touch on those people. We have said that in the next two years, after we finished Kenani Leather Park, then we shall, not, we shall ban the importation of shoes so that people can make shoes here. But a shoe company mm -hmm. no longer make, manufactures shoes here. They import shoes from China mm -hmm. because of the competition that has been brought here. So we have many, many, many things. And the biggest uh, impediment to development here that we have is Kenya Power. We must fix the cost of power and the way Kenya Power sells its power. To, to the people, energy to the people, and that's what is going to fix a lot of things. And because of the PPAs that were made, we are not able to just at the snap of the finger or at a switch just change how power is going to do. But that is one of the biggest headaches in the president's head. Mm. So so that's that's how we that's how an economy fixes okay. the well explained. We still have an issue of looting and corruption. Yes. Now this is a uh uh, endemic issue in this country yes. and has been since independence and, yes. and po possibly before. Yep. Okay, I don't know much about the history before, but anyway. Um, people are still saying that some of these same people are still circulating within the government structure. Yep. Um, how are we... And, and, and we've heard our president, uh, His Excellency, talk about how corruption is a problem that needs to be dealt with head on. Um, uh, former presidents have said the same thing as well. How is it different this time? First of all, I don't blame Kenyans for having fear that uh, there's corruption and that there's still going to be corruption because we have been treated to this for far too long and there's been so much talk without any work so i i do not blame kenyans for that because once bitten then twice shy you know so i have really really can't blame any kenyans who asked that but i want to ask you this question the only time we had an attempt of corruption at kemsa which had not even happened, but we knew that uh, we saw from the way the documents were being done, there was going to be corruption. President dealt with it decisively. And that is the trend that the president has set, and that is how he wants to move. And by the way, every time we go for meetings, the president is very clear. You cannot be involved in corruption. There, there is no space for that. He's told and he has kept his uh, CSs and PSs and all his appointees within the executive on notice that you will be the first one. In fact, he said that he wants to make people an example. If anybody tries to be corrupt, then you're going to deal with them. Because, and I accept, corruption has been the biggest impediment to develop in this country. That thing that you're talking about, the cost of energy, is out of corruption. 
and corruption has a way of even eating people many years to come mm. corruption is not something that you just wake up and deal with because like now we're saying that we were treated to ppas that cannot be changed cannot be reversed you know that's corruption mm. and it's going to be very expensive for us to try and deal with them but at some point we have to bite the bullet so what i'm saying is the president has shown commitment to deal with corruption and how you know that is is, is first of all corruption is caused by the demands created by the president if the president creates many demands of the people he has appointed then they have to be corrupt mm. when he doesn't create demands of for personal aggrandizement that i want you to do this for me like we have seen in the past then people stop corruption and that is what the president has been doing and therefore i i i will be i'll be the first one by the way to call out the president if his government is corrupt i will be the first one i sit in the public accounts committee and you know i have been known to be very vocal against the pss who have come there and have issues mm. i am very vocal against the people who've been spent and, and allow me to say this i i one of the reasons i came into the into the news is when i said that uh, government was wasting money carrying uh, my gov and paying about 1.2 billion to some four companies and i said we must change the way we do things mm. And then I, of course, I was vilified a bit by my former colleagues, and they said, "Now you're saying that." But, but, I, but we have to be honest. If we're to fix this country, then we must fix everything. But, but there's people, you know, close to the president, people within the the, the government structure that that had their cases that were still not really uh, cases were still not really heard, thrown out right before, right after the election. I mean, this is these are these are concerns of the regular citizen. I'm seeing these messages coming in now. You know, are we going to get closure on these cases that happened? That you, the, you know, the, move on, move on. You know, move on? for it, you know, for it one of the greatest uh, pillars of this country is a uh, judiciary absolutely and when we don't when we start uh, playing mickey mouse games with the judiciary then we lose the plan we lose the plan completely when you use the judiciary to settle small political uh, goals you lose the plot completely you have had the dpp saying that cases you you know the way our system is is that uh, you 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 take a case to the DPP and if you put pressure and you've had the DPP saying that he was under pressure to prosecute some people, but you prosecute some people and you really cannot find. And let me tell you, I have been uh, a lot of us have been uh, have been victims of that, and we've been maliciously prosecuted, and I have won a case for malicious prosecution myself, because someone just thinks you belong to this side of uh, of government or this side of the opposition, then we take you to court, and that is why. The president is saying, we cannot continue with what uh, Uhuru used to do. That we, I don't like you, then I close your company, I accuse you of ABCD, things that cannot be proven in court. So we are making courts work very, very, very difficult to prosecute and to get uh, a prosecution that was initially not even properly done. Mm. So the investigations were, not, were, were warped. And that is a liability to the government. If these people lose those cases, if these people win these cases against the government, they will still be coming for you, for it. Mm. They will come for the for the uh, for the consolidated uh, fund, and you will pay them. So we're exposing our government to a lot of litigation, for no reason. Right. And you see some of these things. We are in a constitutional dispensation where the law, where the court cannot find you guilty if you're not guilty. You must prove it beyond reasonable doubt, and it is very hard for you to prove those cases beyond reasonable doubt. The, the, only prudent thing to do is to drop them 
so that you negotiate so that these people don't sue the government. But can then they be reheard? Is there going to be a process of uh, we can talk? Uh, that's probably an offer thing. But can they be? Can they? Can these cases that we have said we're gonna uh, these people uh, they're not going to be the case is not going to be in court anymore? Can they be reheard later? By the way, the only thing that has stopped is that the DPP has stopped putting pressure on the courts and has allowed the wheels of justice to take their course. Okay, got you. All right, last two questions, because we're running out of time. Yep. Uh, first one is, you, you mentioned before uh, the president's uh, plan, uh, what uh, His Excellency wants to do, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this disruption that is the stop-start that he's had to endure because of uh, the opposition, because of Mandamano, and I'm not putting blame on either side. I'm just yep. saying it's a stop-start uh, First, what are we in? Month eleven, month ten. Yep, yep. Um, uh, you know how much he needs. He needs a nice. He needs a, a nice block of movement to build that momentum. It must be quite difficult for him to get his teeth into the into his uh, first year of, of of the presidency. First of all, generally, he's been. Uh, it, it's it's hard. The first two years are normally very hard when there's change of guard. No, perpetually. That's that's yeah, what has globally. historically that's and globally that's yeah. how it is because we have a lot of things that you probably want to change. You have a lot of things you want to see and you want to do differently. But it's extremely hard for President Ruto this time because of uh, this sort of disruption that has come. And and uh, when I look at it, doing the right thing versus doing the popular thing is such a hard decision. It takes someone who has guts to decide that I'll do this popular, th this uh, I know the popular thing, but I'll do the right thing. You know, the president, because we have majority in parliament, has the option of calling his troops and telling us, you know what, uh, let's do the easier thing. And you know what the easier thing is? It's just to raise the uh, the, the the tax, uh, the the debt ceiling. We are now at uh, nine point four nine trillion. You can just say, okay, let's raise this thing to twenty. Yeah. Let's borrow, and then we give him permission. Go borrow. So, but what we're saying is that we even want to change the debt anchor from uh, a ceiling to a percentage of uh, the GDP, so that then the movement uh, is not is, because you see, like, like now it's, it's affected by 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 the change of dollar, the the, the mm. movement of the shilling, the strength of the shilling, and all those things that affect but the it's directly correlated with the uh, yes gross domestic product. And I am telling you, the president can just now say, okay, let's raise this thing to 15 trillion so that I have some four, five trillion to deal with this year. And then you say, okay, we will not have to raise any money from taxation. We will not even have to have trouble paying our salaries and taxes. We can even say, okay, everything, even our recurrent budgets, let's finance it uh, by borrowing money. We will borrow for 10 years and then someone else will come to that seat. But what are we doing in this country? This country is not something, it's not at some temporary uh, uh, tent that we have here. Mm. This is a going concern. This is a country that is going to be here today, tomorrow, hundred years. We hope so. so yes. Someone must be here. We don't hope so. To do, it, to do we have the, no option. To do the, you're saying someone must be here to do the unpopular the thing. The unpopular thing, but uh -huh. the right thing. Okay. And that is what the president is doing. And that's why it's it's, it's being a, a bit hard yes, for you. Sure. And Mandamano doesn't help. These, these... Mandamano doesn't help. So last question for you then, uh, Gigi. Uh, and once again, thank you so much for coming in. You've you been an absolute pleasure. Yep. Yep. Um, if you were to meet Rilo Dinger today, if you were going to have a coffee with him uh, at CJ's right up the road here, what would you tell him? I would just ask him to retire. Raila Odinga, before I was born, two years before I was born, Raila Odinga was in the streets. After 40 years, when I'm a member of parliament for Gatundu South, we're still fighting with him here. Please, I would just ask Mr. Raila Odinga to retire and just enjoy you. In fact, if I were him, I would be somewhere in, 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 in the village, somewhere, just enjoying my life and uh, chilling with my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. 
I would just ask him to retire. All right, Gigi, it's thanks so enough. much. Thank you so much for coming in. Of course, you can catch this interview if you only caught a part of it on our SoundCloud channel. Gigi, uh, it has been an absolute pleasure having you here. Congratulations. I know it wasn't an easy seat to win, uh, but you, you won it. Uh, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> we don't have to go into that. That was a lot of trouble. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. Don't take me back there. <laughs> but it's been great having you here. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Capital FM.